tuning in to Up Close with Monique McNeil. I'm your host, Monique McNeil. And today I have a special guest with us on the line. Uh, today I am speaking with city council, well, candidate for city council, District 9, Harlem. I am speaking with Pierre Gooding, and he is up for election. Um, and it's, it's a pleasure to have him on our show today and he's going to share with us uh his journey and his mission his vision for harlem going forward and i'm so excited to have you on the show with us today thank you so much pierre thank you so much for having me it's a pleasure we enjoy your show in harlem uh got a chance to listen to it so uh, we're looking forward to discussing the issues that matter and uh, putting harlem first it sounds amazing um so I see that originally that you were actually from, you're from uh, New York, but then you had moved to Massachusetts where you have uh, received an education and went to school. Um, Correct. Uh, I think we might be freezing up a little bit, but uh, yeah, that's the genesis of it. During the 80s, there was a crack epidemic, so my mom had to make a decision to uh, leave the grand houses where I was born uh, to move to Massachusetts, uh, the opportunity to go to great public schools in Haverhill, Massachusetts, and, and having that opportunity, and then coming back and teaching in, in Harlem and Washington Heights, you see a lot of the disparities and inequities, and, and we want to bring all that love in the education system to Harlem, and, and we, we have plans to do it, but uh, you have to get past the electoral process, so that's where we're in right now in the Democratic primary uh, in Harlem for city council. Uh, it matters because there's $90 billion on the line, but uh, where you put those dollars in the ed space, it's really uh, part of what we're looking at. And, and it comes from uh, knowing that it can be done from, from seeing uh, an education system that, wor that works year in and year out. Uh, and we want that for, for our Holomites uh, all over. And, and that kind of leads into the question that I was going to ask you. You know, you came out here and you decided to go back to Harlem. You decided to go back to your city, go back to your state where you grew up and kind of make that that change there. Um, I, I commend that. A lot of times people forget about where they come from. They, they kind of move on and this new journey in their lives. And, you know, they kind of go about their business. But you decided you wanted to come back, that there was something there back in your home state that you wanted to do and I, I absolutely commend that because like I said a lot of times people forget you know where they come from and they forget to hold open that door uh, for those behind them and to make way thank, make change. Thank you Monique for, for acknowledging that I think every individual has to make a decision about what really makes him or her tick and, and what makes her or him happy and so for us it's been an incredible opportunity to, to get to help people day in and day out bring vaccination sites to Harlem, 
to really do work that matters, uh, run two homeless shelters over the past three years, do things that matter for the community. And sometimes that means being behind the scenes and not getting as much time, but it means that I can definitely go to sleep every night you know, with a smile on my face. So I'm excited about the work that we're getting to do and the opportunities like like coming on your show and, and sharing the experiences, both positive and negative. So we have to shout out to people who are doing positive work as well. Yes. Uh, but also highlighting uh, injustices that, that need to be changed. We, we obviously saw the Derek Chauvin trial yesterday by the grace of god the guilty verdict came down but there's there are a ton of policies that that need to be changed nationally exactly exactly Uh, and and it's and to piggyback off what you're saying is i I think it's very um it's very important for people to understand that this is not it i do not want people to become complacent and believe that a guilty verdict is it and we can be complacent there's so much work to do and just as you mentioned there's a lot of policies that we really want to change we need legislative change to make that happen um and and i'm so happy that you're understanding of that and an agreement of with that and, and what is it the george floyd accountability act absolutely that that is one that we are very much uh in favor of and have been pushing for months uh now starting with the march in washington yes uh we must make sure at a national level uh that choke holds and, and knee holds and all sorts of techniques that are, are dangerous for our citizens are are not Practice anymore, mm-hmm. and that there are, there are consequences that come along with those actions. Yes. Uh, that 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 qualified immunity across the the country uh, ends uh, because in New York City we yes. still have a law in the book, thirty five thirty, penal code, uh, which it, it makes it so that we can have a situation like Eric Garner without ramifications. We can't have that. We have to change these sorts of laws now to create the uh, positive change. Make sure everybody's safe on the streets. Uh, walking day to day. Police interaction should be safe interaction. Right, right. And th- and this is what really makes you, because you, you're an under, you're have a, a thorough understanding of so many different facets of, of what our needs are as a people. I mean, not only were you a teacher, um, you also are an attorney. And so I think it's just really important to highlight that because you have a, a vision or focal point for many different perspectives. And I think that's important uh, uh, going forward. Um, at the beginning of this, oh, you're very welcome. At the beginning of this pandemic, uh, New York was considered to be the epicenter of, of this pandemic. And there was a lot of lives lost um, during that time. Where do we stand now? Where, where does Harlem stand at this moment uh, with, with the virus? I really appreciate the question. We are at a crisis point. Um, Harlem is not at the 26% vaccination rate uh, of the country. Right. Um, we, we have an information gap. Uh, so we have vaccination sites that come online. No one knows that they're there. Uh, vaccines are going wasted. Uh, we're not having walk-in uh, appointments and walk-in sites. So physically placing a site in Harlem is not the same as having access and being able to walk in. And these are the challenges that we're dealing with. The devil's in the details. You can't just open a site and then people still have to go through the online system because it doesn't matter where the site is anymore. You have to make sure that the people in the community have access to that site uh, by any means necessary. And of course, walk-ins are the number one means, but they also, the community has to trust uh, the vaccination site as well. We're trying to make sure that we partner with entities that our community trusts to to make sure that that this happens. But uh, we're at crisis point. 
there's not a lot of faith in um, our leadership to get this done. And, and we're taking up the mantle because it matters. It, it very much so matters. And, and I, I was going to, which puts me into my next question. What initiatives do you plan to take to make accessible and available vaccination sites within Harlem? Yeah, we're, we're uh, heavily involved right now in private-public partnerships uh, with entities across the country that nice. also recognize this need. Uh, we're bringing those sites online, um, working with New York State and New York City where appropriate, but making sure that there are no there's no bureaucracy that comes between us opening these sites and uh, getting people vaccinated. It's the only thing that matters. So we're working with all entities and, and partners that understand this need. And, and we've already seen success, but there's much more to do. The next step is an information process where our community understands that this is a safe process and it's for us, but it has to be by us as well. That's right. That's right. That matters. That that really matters for people to actually participate, you know, to want to get vaccinated. They have to see, you know, their representation. There has to be representation. It's something I speak about all the time um, across the board. And it has to be accessible. It has to be accessible for every person. And, you know, it's it's wonderful that you're working on that and, and that you're trying to. Thank you. Thank you. And also. Let's also make sure that we get the information out right now. There's a homebound program. If people go to my Twitter, uh, you can find and you're in New York City and you're of a certain age, you are or disabled, you are eligible to have a vaccination in your home. It's called the homebound program. Oh, wow. We're very excited about that. Yes. So uh, that's an initiative that we want to push and we want our community to know about, especially our elders. Uh, and then we also have a, a line that you can call that's also. Uh, on my Twitter, I'll get you that information, Oni, uh, for New York City uh, folks to go get vaccinated, get and make their appointment over the phone, as wow. opposed to having to register on a online site that may or may not work. Right, right, and that and that was part of the problem. A lot of people aren't really tech savvy, or a lot of people doesn't they don't have the uh, access to you know online, and you know so immediately what I was thinking when people were able to you know, schedule an appointment online. It's like, well, what about all the people who, you know, we have to be inclusive. Everything that we do, we have to be inclusive. So it kind of made me think, well, what about the elderly or what about people who really don't have access to technology to be able to log on or, you know, sign up digitally? So that that's just amazing that you have that initiative um, to go out into the people's homes. I mean, what if people can't get and, to the site? Just to follow up on your just to follow up on your point, the number is 718-405-9111. Uh, you will be headed to the Bronx, but uh, we, we want you to get vaccinated. So if you want to call as opposed to dealing with the online system, that's a process. And also, we have a call line, 345-445-8875, where uh, anybody can call in, and we will uh, make sure you get your vaccination appointment. That sounds wonderful. That sounds absolutely wonderful. Um, what is your mission? What is your vision for Harlem? It's to put Harlem first. So right now, I believe we're, we're being left behind. There's a lack of leadership at a local level in city council from our current city councilor, uh, Bill Perkins, who I respect his 30 years of leadership. But right now, uh, we're in need of getting uh, a major piece of that $90 billion budget in New York City, which is the largest budget in the country, so that we can do the initiatives that we talk about every day. If, you, if you're talking about education or housing, or, or jobs, you have to be talking about the budget in New York City and how you allocate it 
how you make sure that the new initiatives that we've pushed for that are now coming online that will create more revenue are distributed equity equitably throughout the school system as opposed to anywhere else uh, for for fair housing and and to make sure that people have jobs through tax initiatives with our small businesses uh, if we're not diligent about these programs then Harlem will be left behind the space that uh, we're seeing right now uh, that that's sort of a built nightmare uh, will continue because there's no representation to push back on the issues that are building out uh, instead of creating a Harlem Hall of Fame or a Harlem Hall of Heaven to celebrate those that we loved and lost uh, we're creating something else that that's led by the real estate industry and not by our, our local leadership or our citizens right right and it's just so important that you you know have the understanding you know of that uh is it true that you're a boston fan <laughs> yeah you're gonna put me on the spot <laughs> I, am, I am a boston fan i grew up in haverhill um, i love and, it <laughs> and really just the the diehard aspect of of boston fans is something that i very much appreciate i find a way to win uh, get it done, and uh, you know the Red Sox were 0-3 in the beginning of the season, and people were not happy. All all heck broke loose. So uh, <laughs> now I think they're they're 10 and 4. So uh, you know, shout out to the Red Sox. They have to look like they're making moves. Bruins doing their thing. Celtics, please make it deep in the playoffs. Let's go Tatum and Brown. Let's go. It's time. So yeah, <laughs> Boston sports can't go wrong. Right, right. Hey, look, I look. I'm the one that's gonna tell you, Monique. I love There's it. A lot of, of, of closet Boston sports fans running around New York right now in elected leadership. I love. You know, it, thank you for putting that out there. I I just got really excited when you know I was like, oh great, you know he's you know running for a candidate, uh, uh, city council of New York. But wait, he's a Boston. Oh, this is awesome. This is one for the books. <laughs> this is going down in history, man. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So I'm just the one that'll talk about it, Monique. There's a lot out here. <laughs> That's good to know. That's good to know. So it kind of, you know, shatters the the status quo. I, I love shattering the status quo and changing the narrative. <laughs> so what's on your agenda uh, for Harlem? What what you know you you yeah. you're up yeah, for an election. I'm sorry, the primaries in June, correct? Correct. Yeah, the first hundred days, June twenty second, uh, Democratic primary. We want everybody to come out. Please vote, young people. Get involved in local politics. Early voting starts June twelfth, so we nice. need our young people to be aware of that. Okay. We have ten days now to go cast your vote, and we need you to go do it. We understand the challenges of work, family, uh, making sure that you have a home to live in. Uh, we need your voice so that we can continue to, to uphold uh, those initiatives for you. So we, we are excited about that election, and, and you touched on what we want to do for Harlem. Our first 100 days, we want to make sure that we lower the AMI, the adjusted median income, uh, to make sure that you have affordable housing. It's currently mm-hmm. set at about $63,000. Our median income in Harlem is $35,000, so the affordable housing is not affordable uh, for our Harlemites. We have to change that. We lower the AMI. Uh, we won't take any dollars out of the budget, but we will make sure that we have accessible housing for millions of New York. Uh, we want to do that in the first 100 days. We also want to switch to uh, rapid testing. Add rapid testing or any medium that is rapid in our schools. Uh, currently, they are testing on a 24 to 48 hour window, which I hear is really a week. And by that point, it's way too late. You have no idea who has COVID uh, when they're walking into the school. It's an incredibly dangerous situation that we have to fix wow. uh, quickly. I've been talking to some charter schools that 
are doing this the other way with, with rapid testing. Shout out to any school that's doing rapid testing right now because nice. you are saving lives. And for our New York City elected officials currently and city council, we have to get that changed. So whether we check, pass that policy now or after we're elected, uh, we have to do that. That That is exactly right. Um, now, our schools... Are schools uh, full remote, or are they in person, or what's going on with that? We still have a hybrid model, but we're moving quickly to in person. The high schools opened up, uh, I believe it was March second. Uh, don't quote me on the date. They did open up in March, uh, and so as we move towards in person instruction, we must be safe. The devil's in the details mm -hmm. with the plans to make sure that each student, teacher, staff member. Uh, is safe in, in the school system that we are setting up. They are doing one of the most challenging jobs in the world. I would call it the most challenging job in the world, and we have to protect them. Also raise the salaries, but that's an uh, initiative right. uh, that, that comes once we're elected. Right, right. That when, when you're able to really get in there and, 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 and do the thing, do what you do. Um, I, I wish I could vote for you. I, I honestly... <laughs> I honestly... Wish that I could actually vote for you. So I was on your um, on your social media on your Facebook and and saw that there was some kind of discrepancies with past or prior uh, candidates uh, stemming from 2017. Sure. Do you care yeah, to elaborate on that? Yeah, of course. The, the process to get on the ballot is one that uh, current mayoral and city council candidates are are finding out firsthand and one that we went through in 2017 that allows other candidates to sue you effectively off the ballot. And so we went through that process, learned the hard way about New York City uh, laws and regulations to to make the ballot, which we think need to be changed to, to be more encouraging. Internationally, I think that it really, you know, sparked a lot of it, it started a lot of conversations with with ordinary people like my gosh i really just witnessed somebody be murdered my gosh there really is two sets of justice systems that you know that exist within our country and you know it, it that's clear any reasonable prudent person if they saw that video you know of, of what went down um was forced to take another look was forced to have a conversation that they probably never cared about having in the past so i think that it's it's just really um like you said a a, a start in the right direction and once again i just want to reiterate that we cannot be complacent that we have to move forward we have to pass through these policies and and we have to you know it doesn't stop here this is this is it hasn't even begun to scratch the surface um, of what more needs to be done. And I, I'm, a, I'm just excited that we you know, that there's going to be a candidate, you know, hopefully uh, a city council like yourself who's going to see that happen, who's going to see that type of policy push through and uh, accountability and responsibility is something that, you know, I've learned um, you know, just reading up on on you and um, it's wonderful to see and I, I see it as a new vision of hope and leadership for Harlem, and I'm, I'm excited. I, I wish I could personally vote for you, because um, I would. I, I'm very much so involved uh, in, in that whole process. But um, what is there anything else that you would like to tell the people of Harlem that you would like to say to your constituents? Absolutely. I, I want to thank you, Monique, uh, for the opportunity uh, to come on the show and share what's going on in Harlem. It's Absolutely. It's the way that we create positive change. Thank you uh, for being a part of it. 
for Harlemites, June 22nd, Democratic primary. Uh, this is the opportunity to create the positive change that we talk about every day in the community. Uh, we, we talk about nothing being done uh, with our housing and, and with our, our recycling bins. Uh, this is the time. Uh, allocate that $90 billion budget to uh, the people in the community that, that are doing the work and, and make to make sure that we, we have housing justice, to make sure we have education justice, make yes. sure uh, that we have jobs in our community. Uh, the unemployment rate in Harlem is unacceptable, right. especially for black males. Right. It is time to put Harlem first, and I look forward to, to doing that, and I appreciate the opportunity, Monique. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. You you are so welcome. Now, how can people get a hold of you one more time for anybody out there listening or, or just tuning in? If they want to participate in the Pierre Gooding uh, campaign, uh, Gooding for Harlem uh, campaign, how can they get involved? How can they reach you? Zoe for Harlem at gmail.com, Robin for Harlem at gmail.com, Gooding for Harlem at gmail.com, uh, or if an individual is in need, the, the Harlem Helpline, 845-445-8875. Or if none of that works, everybody in Harlem knows how to find me. So just ask somebody, you know, you're <laughs> Pierre, and you'll have me on the phone in five minutes. So right. um, you know, we're, we're, the, the point is to be accessible right. uh, at, right. at a local level. Um, and, and to the extent that you can't find uh, these candidates or your elected officials, it really doesn't make any sense. Uh, it, please do your homework. Go in that ballot box and make an informed choice that is going to help Harlem moving forward. That sounds wonderful. Are there any upcoming events that people can attend? Uh you know, maybe perhaps they don't want to be involved, directly involved with the campaign, but they want to attend. They want to come out and, and attend some of these events. Do you have anything coming up? Absolutely. Yeah, well, we had an event last night dedicated to honoring DMX and Black Rob, uh, which was incredibly powerful and obviously nice. honoring uh, George Floyd um, and, and the impact of, of, of that decision and trial. So um, we, have an event, we have events weekly. You can find them on my uh, website okay. which has a calendar that's connected to our campaign uh, anything that you see up there is is an event that we're going to be a part of uh, we have two debates coming up on april 24th so check those out uh with harlem women strong uh and uh, five beta zeta uh, and, and other entities uh april 24th and then another debate on april 28th definitely opportunities for people to hear the policy positions and nice. the differences and we're looking forward to it. This is our second time out here in, in, in the electoral space in terms of running. And so we're looking forward to sharing our opinions that haven't changed much from 2017 mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. because we need to see them implemented. So that's right. Uh, we're really looking forward to those opportunities to share those opinions. This, it's, it's been an honor to have you on Up Close uh, with me today, and uh, I, I hope you sure will come back as a guest again. I, I, I would love to really see uh, what's going on, maybe a quick um, uh, update leading into June. Um, I'm excited for you. Well, we're Up Close fans. We're Up Close fans, so we're on the program anytime you'll have it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would love to attend any of your events that are that are happening. I think it's so important, like I said, to, you know, to be involved. A lot of people think that, well, I'm not really 
into politics or I don't really have an education in politics. I Once again, it's about changing the narrative and, and letting people know you don't have to be, you don't have to go to school. You don't have to get a master's of public administration like I did or be an attorney like yourself to, to be involved or to care. You know, anybody can hey, tune in. For the, all those folks who do want to be involved, the link, I'm so sorry. I have to make sure people know that we have a community program every week okay. uh, that people can tune tune in to to get that information either live or watch the show uh, immediately after to make sure that we share the information that's important. That's right. Accessibility. And that's one thing that I really, you know, commend once again is, is that accessibility. And the, it's the lack of that why there's such a disconnect. You know what I mean? So the fact that you're, you know, have the information out there, you're within the community, you're making it easily accessible. And that's what's so important. And once again, I, I want to congratulate you thus far. Um, I think you're going to do an amazing job. And um, I, I think your vision and your mission for Harlem will be reciprocated, um, to Thank say you. the least. And Thank you. I, re I really appreciate you know, I, this. Is, it's an incredible honor. But the work doesn't stop because you're on a ballot. It, it's just step one. It's, it should be a part of the process. And anybody who's celebrating the fact that, that they are considered an, uh, a local leader, I think that you're putting the cart before the horse. Uh, you have to make sure you help people first and pat yourself on the back later. And your mama must be very proud. <laughs> She, you know, we, we can talk about that on the next interview. She, she <laughs> wants some grandchildren, so uh, you know, she, she thinks this is all great, but uh, she's ready for uh, the next step in, in that progression. Right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having Shout us. Shout out to mom. <laughs> Shout out to your mom, exactly. She's a real MVP. Um, so, yeah, I, I want to once again thank you, and I hope you have a wonderful day. And um, continue on the good work. Continue on the good work. And, and really stand up and continue to be the voice for the voiceless because that's that's what it's about, to really give people please, validation. So, Please, please continue uh, to be a voice for the people as well. Uh, together, uh, we will do great things. We, we look forward to, to speaking with you again on Up Close. Uh, that's what it's about. Let's go Harlem first. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Take care. Right after.